Hi, I'm Philip Santillan, pastor of Clarity Church, and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen or view this podcast of a message from one of our Sunday gatherings. Before we get going here, I just wanted to communicate to you the deep conviction we have regarding this message. This free message resource is not intended as a broadcast ministry, which would create virtual attenders listening from home rather than getting involved in their local church. We hope that no matter where you are on your faith journey, that this podcast is only supplemental to your relationship with the Lord and in no way replaces the local church that you should be plugged into or the pastor God has put over your life to lead you and care for your soul. So please enjoy this incomplete portion of this past week's gathering. We have prayed that God would use it in a profound way in your life and that from it, you would gain clarity on who Christ is. Hey, how you doing? Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. If you're a mom, happy Mother's Day. Thank you for giving birth to people's and all that kind of stuff. It was real. <laughs> hey, just want to let you know, uh, uh, we, we don't do a, a lot around holidays and stuff. We don't want to make too big a deal. We, we really try to make Jesus a really big deal, and you've got the rest of the day to celebrate with your family. And, uh, but we do have a couple things here today that we just want you to take part of. Um, uh, 2 a.m. Baker, Tales of 2 a.m. Baker, had made us some custom uh, cupcakes. You're going to want to try those out. It's blueberry maple pancake with bacon on top, okay? There's bacon on top of a cupcake, as if cupcakes themselves weren't great. Uh, we got like a little step and re- repeat wall if your family wants to take a free picture. Well, well, we got a nice camera. We got the background. You can take a picture. We'll email it to you. Just make sure you get your email. Um, those, so that's, that's just a kind of a way we're going to kind of, you know, appease a little bit to, to the whole Mother's Day thing. So we're, if you're a mother, we're, we're glad you're here. And if you're not a mother and you just want to like take some selfies in front of the banner, go ahead anyways, post them. It's all good and be like, you know, word to the mother, as they used to say in the 90s. Hey, I'm really excited about a couple things. Before we get into today's message, um, you know, one of the things, you know, last week we talked about this, like, this concept of relaunch. And if you look inside of your programs, you'll find in there, you know, so far we've had almost $6,000 pledged towards the 25000 that we're looking for. So if you're still considering joining us at this idea of um, putting our efforts together, not only our time, but also our resources to really pledge and see what God could do if we relaunched. Uh, I just really think it'd be a great thing to invite the people to our community to. Uh, there's a lot of different reasons why I'm excited about who Clarity is and what God has done over the years. One of the things I'm actually really excited about is seeing how God has moved people from actually believing in Christ towards living out their identity in Christ. And, uh, um, I don't know, some of you might, may or might know them. They're, they're really quiet. They're actually uh, really humble people, and, but they've been part of us since the beginning, and Chris and Chris Geisler, they're going to be going on a mission trip in just a few weeks to Honduras, a medical mission trip. So when you see them, be letting them know that you're praying for them. And what I want to do this morning is I just want to thank God for what they're doing in their heart. And I, know, and I know God's doing it in all of our hearts because there's something about believing who God is and what he's done and then recognizing who we are that makes that it, it's a greater motivator than trying to say what I do defines who I am. And so uh, I'm just excited to see what God does through them. And they're going to come back or they're going to share their story. So we're going to videotape it, try to make it great because it'll be a big win for us, right? Because when they go, it's not just them. 
but it's their church, so we get to kind of go along with them. And, um, but anyways, if there's other ways you can support them in prayer, just talk to them and say, hey, how can we help you? Uh, but uh, can I do that this morning before we even start? I just love to pray for them, and, and would you just join me and th- that God would bless them? Could you do that with me this morning? Lord, I, I want to thank you for the Geisler family. I want to thank you so much for, first of all, opening up the opportunity for them to uh, not only be a gospel presence in Honduras, but to actually tangibly help people in need as they go over with their medical expertise and their background, and they're actually able to help the, um, the missionaries on the ground, the churches in the ground, and as long, also come alongside the medical health professionals on the ground to offer help and to just to do good. I pray it would open doors so that as the, the tangible act of kindness of treating other as family is seen around them, that it would open doors, open eyes, open hearts to your gospel, um, that ultimately all people would not only find uh, restoration to their physical bodies, but they would find restoration in their souls as they are one with you. So we pray for that. We believe we would send them. We send Chris and Chris. Krista, even now, uh, before they leave, and we just, we believe that what you're going to do is, is build your kingdom, because that's what you do. And so we're so glad to be a part of that. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. 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 Well, it's Mother's Day, and it's the beginning of a new series. Uh, we've just started a new series called Family Matters. Now, if you're visiting with us for the first time, I just want to say my name is Phil, so hi. Welcome to Kimberly Lane Elementary School. Uh, where most of us, or really all of us who call ourselves Clarity, work really, really hard so that all of us can sit in some rows and hopefully find some clarity on who Christ is. And, uh, and so uh, I just need to let you know, just because if you're curious or not, um, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a person who follows Jesus. I'm a husband. I'm a father. And, and, uh, and, and really one of the cool things that I get to do as part of Clarity is I, is I get to kind of be like the lead follower, the lead pastor. And so I'm just really glad that you're here with us. And uh, if you're joining us, if you're a follower of Christ, this series uh, entitled Family Matters is a series exploring how God as our father influences our everyday lives. And another way to put it is if... You know, there's this theological understanding that we are part of the family of God. And if that's true, then family matters. And so we want to talk about that over the next few weeks of how to look through life through the lens of family, specifically being part of God's family. Now, if you're someone who's just checking out faith or... Maybe today you're simply here because someone promised to buy you lunch, and, and maybe you're not sure you believe everything you've heard about the Bible, God, and Jesus, then really this is a great series, I think, to be a part of uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because Jesus allowed people to begin following him, even living life with him. Catch this. Jesus allowed people to even live life with him uh, in spite of their doubts. And we want you to know that you don't have to believe everything we say to be here with us and to even feel like you belong. So you just need to know that. So straight for me. Also, if you have any hangups about church or religion, and maybe you've had hangups in church and religion and you know this, it isn't because you were told that God is loving and that he's a perfect, good father. And it isn't because you were told that you are invited to be part of the family of God. The reason why you had hangups, doubts, and maybe bad experiences around church has nothing to do with that. So the question is, what if it's true that God is a loving father and that you have been invited to be part of his family? What if that's true? Then uh, maybe... well. Let me just say this first. Maybe that's a hard question to entertain if, if you have some doubts about Christ because, 
Because maybe the skepticism you have regarding the Bible, just even this idea of like family and law. I mean, is your name David Koresh? Are we going to start drinking Kool-Aid? I mean, like, what is this talk about family? And so it's just really hard for you to grasp that. Maybe a better question is this. Maybe a better question is this. Um, what if all that you heard about what it means to follow Jesus Christ and to be a part of his church really isn't all the truth? Maybe the reasons that you have placed roadblocks in front of engaging in a local church and actually picking up the scriptures and building relationship with people who call themselves Jesus followers uh, or followers of Jesus or Christians or whatever they want to call themselves. Maybe of all the reasons that you were told, what if they weren't you? What if? What if they weren't? And wouldn't you at least want to give yourself the chance to explore what it means to be a follower of Christ? Wouldn't you? Don't you owe it to yourself to at least know? And so that's why, uh, whether you're a longtime follower of Christ or you're someone who is just kind of checking this out, I really do encourage you. Uh, this is just going to be a, um, I think, a four-week, five-week series, four-week, five-week series. I haven't quite figured it out yet. I think it's a four-week series. And um, I've got a special guest speaker, a doctor on relationships coming, and, and I'm not going to tell you when. So <laughs> so you got to come. Uh, or maybe I should tell you because then you will come because I'm not speaking. But anyways, uh, so we're going we're gonna to have that. We're going to talk about what it means uh, to, to live life in the light of this idea of we're God's family. And I just want to invite you to be a part of it. Now, before we start the preaching part, and so if, you, if you're not a person who likes preaching or whatever, and you get all roadblocks, this is not preaching. This is just simply a question. Here's a question. Um, because the series is called Fi- Family Matters, uh, here's a question. Does family matter? Does your family matter? Does where you come from matter? Just a good question. Uh, here's what I know. My family, um, my family determined where I uh, grew up, right? Uh, some of you may, might have had the same mother as I or father. You know, they said, and how did I know this? Because they said things like this. Well, as long as you're living under... <laughs> right, right? Because right? you didn't have a say. You were there because you were like, well, I am. So I guess I got it. And that's, you know, they, they threw it on the trump card. And so your family determines where you live growing up, right? It also determines the kind of food you eat. Um, you know, I, I don't know what kind of food you ate growing up. Uh, but the constant, you know, I, I'm Filipino. My parents are from the Philippines, like from the Philippines, Philippines. Most people who meet me, they're like, man, you're Filipino, Phil. You're like the most American Filipino I know. And uh, my brother-in-law who uh, he's like, you know, I'm even more ethnic than you, Phil. Um, but I grew up, and, and the common question at dinner was this, do I have to eat the fish head? <laughs> like, so if, if any of you are, you know, no Asians or from other ethnicities, like, just we ate some weird food, and I had to eat it. I had no choice. My family determined that. And you probably have that one thing. Maybe it was Brussels sprouts for you or carrots, moms. You know what it is. You know what it is. You made your kid. I can tell you right now. I can ask you, what was that one thing? You're, you're, no matter how hard you tried, they always like went from yay to oh, your kids. You know what that food is, don't you? Even, even right now, if you were to say, we're going to have that, they're grown men who have their own kids and they're like, oh. <laughs> but they make their kids eat it. Ah, oh, funny. Um, here's also what I know. My, uh, my family determined what school I went to because they determined where I went, where I lived. I didn't get to decide that. They, they determined uh, where I went to school. Uh, and, and because of that, my family influenced the friends I made, didn't they? Didn't they influence the friends? Or, or maybe for some of you, they, they influenced the friends you didn't make, <laughs> right? Right? 
And also, uh, another interesting thing is your family influences the music you listen to. I grew up listening to show tunes and classical music and all this. So I was a very boring middle schooler, you know. But like my wife, okay, she, she had an older sister. And so she knows all the 80s songs, like by lyrics. And she can, and I, and I didn't listen to 80s music until I met my wife, believe it or not. It, but that's what your family does. That's what your, fa- your family influences a lot of different things. And some of you have your own story. Some of you have your own stories. And there were many things. Here's another thing about family. There were many things that were normal for your family. And you, didn't, you probably didn't realize this. Some of you might have realized it earlier because you had some friends or whatever. And they were like, that's weird. But you didn't realize this either until you went to college. Uh, for me, it was college because I remember walking to college in my dorm room and I brought my rice cooker. And all my roommates were like, and then I started cooking rice, and they were like, what is that smell? I'm like, heaven. And then, <laughs> and then they saw me open my can of canned meat, because that's what Asians do. I had my spam. I was eating it raw with my rice, and they were just like, Pfft. right? So I'm like, what? You want some? Yeah, right? Um, now, here's, here's what you know. Your family, what was normal for your family, is actually weird for some other people's families. And so... Your family makes you unique, whether you know that or not. I mean, scientifically speaking, you're biologically different than other people because of your family, your your parents. Uh, Another thing, a reason that makes you unique, your family makes you unique, it it influences your values and your behaviors, right? That's why your, your mom says to you, you know, I don't care what Sally's mom says about that. You're part of this family, right? So, so we all know, we all have that mom. We've all said that. We've all had a dad. And then here's another thing too, whether you don't, uh, if you study sociology, uh, sociologists even understand this idea that your family, where you come from, even influences your future hopes and dreams. What you think you can become and what you hope to become. And so here's what also married people understand. We got any married people here? Joining a new family can be the best thing and the most dreadful thing in the world that has ever happened to you. Some of you have in-laws and you look forward to seeing them. And some of you have in-laws that you're just okay sending a birthday card to. (laughs) You're like, it's cool. I sent a birthday card. Maybe give them a call, you know. Uh, You also know this. Starting your own family can be one of the most joyful things, but can be also one of the most excruciating things because starting new traditions... And for some of you who have been married for a little longer, the truth is this, that you've sacrificed your traditions for another person's traditions. That can be hard, right? Because when I grew up, we always did this. And I can't believe that I have a house that doesn't do this. And so sometimes that's just tough. That's just tough. And so family, just that whole aspect of it. And then the last thing is this, learning to be part or starting your own family is almost a renewal of sorts of values, mindsets, and behaviors. And people who succeed at being part of new families don't bring the baggage from old families to their new family. Instead, they renew their mindset and they go, okay, this is the family I'm part of, so how then shall I live, right? Right? And so those who are older and get this, you know, you're, I see you're nodding your heads because you get this. And, and, and because that's the reality about family. And, and here's what we know. Well, family matters, doesn't it? Family matters. 
And the question I want to ask you is, does the, does the, it, it, does, does the family you are a part of matter? Does the family that you're a part of matter? An article written in the LA Times just this past year uh, entitled, Why Family Matters, this is, just, this is not a Christian article, it's LA Times, um, it has this article, and the, the headline was this, Why Family Matters and Why Traditional Families Are Still Best. And just listen to this. It's not a Christian thing. It's, not a, uh, it's just a thing thing. Uh, it says this, it, sh- it shouldn't surprise anyone that family structure is so controversial. The family, far more than government or schools, is the institution we draw the most meaning from. From the day we're born, it gives us our identity, our language, and our expectations about how the world should work. Before we become individuals or citizens or voters, we are first and foremost part of a family. That is why social engineers throughout the ages see it as a competitor to or problem for the state. And the family wars will never end because family matters a lot. Okay? So your own experience, my own experience tells us that family matters. Sociologists and scientific people and journalistic people, that's even a word, journalistic, <laughs> journalists, they agree that family matters. And so what I want to do over the next few weeks is talk about this idea of what does it mean to live life as though you were in the family of God? Because at the heart of following Christ is the process of increasingly learning and believing what it means to be part of God's family. At the heart of following Christ is the process of increasingly learning and believing what it means to be part of God's family. In other words, this is what it means to follow Jesus, to increasingly learn what it means to be part of God's family. Now, Jesus talked a lot about relationships uh, with, with those who followed him in this context, didn't he? He often talked about this idea of family. And then and here's an interesting account in, in Jesus' time uh, when him and his disciples were going out in ministry. In fact, this is kind of the beginning. In a few chapters uh, prior to the one we're looking at in, in Matthew chapter 12, that's where we're going to take a look at. Also, if you, if you go to weekly.claritychurch.org, you can find our digital um, uh, program. And you, if you have the Uversion app, you can pull your phone out. Yes, you can use your phone in service. Pull it up, open your Uversion app, and, and, and you go to events, and you'll find it there, and you can just follow along with the scriptures. But here's the interesting, here's the interesting thing. So Jesus was starting his ministry. He had just sent his disciples out. He'd empower them for ministry, and everyone was going out and doing ministry. And so while they were going out and doing ministry, he was doing his own. And here's an account where Jesus was doing his own, and, uh, and, and this is kind of where it picks, picks up here. And he's in his hometown. So he's back in his hometown where he grew up, okay? So you just have to know that. Matthew chapter 12, verse 46. As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, hey, yo, dog, I'm teasing. Yo, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to speak to you. And Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And then he pointed at his disciples and said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now, pause real quick. If you've read this passage before, if you've read anything about it, you can Google this passage. You'll know that Jesus wasn't being disrespectful. He wasn't being like... I don't know. Who's my mother? My mother's dead to me. You know, that's what he wasn't saying. Jesus 
was capitalizing on a teaching moment that would literally last for a lifetime. I mean, we are talking about this moment today. It was so mind-blowing what Jesus said. This, this paradigm was so, uh, you know, just lighting that this is the reason why we read it today. And what was Jesus saying? Jesus wasn't being disrespectful. In fact, here's what one commentator says here. He says, we do not make ourselves Jesus's close relatives by doing the will of his heavenly father. Rather, doing the father's will identifies us as his mothers and sisters and brothers. It identifies, not makes us. It identifies us. This means that Jesus' words are full of Christological, in other words, uh, studies around who Jesus is, implication. But they also establish the basic importance of the community now beginning to form around him. So Jesus talked about this idea of family, and he talked about the people that were part of the family of God and those who followed him as though they were his brothers, his mother, his sister. So the question is, how does a person become part of God's family? Before we even talk about who God is and what all this stuff is as we go into the next few weeks, it's just a good question to ask this. How does a person become part of God's family? Well, uh, there was a guy by the name of Nicodemus um, who, who came to Jesus one night and, and kind of had this question. He, maybe he didn't ask it specifically and say, hey, how do I become part of your family? But he asks it in a way that I think Jesus ends up telling him, uh, the way to get what you're asking for is to actually be part of my family. Let's take a look at this in John 3, verse 1 through 5. It says this, now there was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, and you just have to know by night, <laughs> The original readers would have known he was going in secret because if you, if you read the Bible, the Pharisees don't like Jesus. They don't get along. So he's kind of like going, back, going behind all of his brothers' backs. And he's kind of like, all right, Jesus. Shh, Jesus. Hey, Jesus. And so he says this, Rabbi. And the fact that he calls Jesus a teacher, first of all, that's just crazy. So you could tell he has some respect for Jesus already because the regular Pharisees wouldn't call him Rabbi. We know that you are a teacher come from God for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. John 3, 3, Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, oh, uh, no, then, and then, uh, yeah, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Some of you might have grown up reading the King James Version, which says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born, right? And so this is that famous passage. And, And if you're not familiar with the Bible or any of that kind of stuff, maybe it's the first time you heard this verse, you probably said the same thing that Nicodemus says next, and let's just read what he says. Nicodemus said to him, um, what are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into the mother's womb? Don't think about that. And be born? It's Mother's Day. So you got to talk about this stuff. <laughs> Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you. Here, here it is. Listen. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, just you want to circle water and you want to circle spirit. We'll talk about that in just a second. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, remember, when you read the scriptures, who was it written to? You? No. It was written to what? The Jewish people back in that time, in that day. So there was a culture and there was an understanding. And immediately when Jesus said what he said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus would have understood when Jesus said, you must be born of water and born of spirit. Everyone knew. Jesus followed the ministry of John the Baptist, 
who what? Who did what? He baptized people in water. And so this whole idea of water is this idea of repentance towards God. But then there's also this idea of spirit, which John the Baptist talked about. He said, I now baptize you with water, but one will come after me who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And so what does that mean? The Holy Ghost is, is the marker we read in Romans. God gives us his spirit, lets, letting us know that we are his children. And then fire, the idea of fire in, in the Bible is always this idea of purification, that you are made holy, that, that your sins are gone. So that's what that means. And so original readers and Nicodemus to whom he was talking to would have understood that water means baptism. So Jesus is saying, look, if you want to be part of my kingdom, you got to get baptized. And then you got to have my spirit, which means spirit is always the answer to what being born again actually means. And so what is this whole spirit thing? Well, let's take a look at what John 3, 6, 8, what he, he goes on to explain this idea of spirit because he knew Nicodemus wasn't going to get this. He says this in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Duh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Okay, I think I'm tracking with you. Do not marvel that what I said to you, you must be born again. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. It's a really deep passage. We don't have a lot of time to go into it, but basically it's this. You don't have to behave into God's family. You are born into it through repentance in God's Spirit. So how, how, do you, how do you get to be part of the family of God? What does it mean to, to come in by the Spirit? Well, it, it simply means that you don't behave into God's family, but you're born into it by repenting, by saying, you know what, God, I don't want to be my God anymore. I don't want these other things, you know, my, my family, my kids, my work, my possessions to be my God. I don't want them to rule my words to define me. I want you to define me, and I want your way to rule. And I'm sorry, for the sins that I've committed, and I'm sorry for the future things that I'm, I know I will do that will break your heart, but I know that you promise you are a God who is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness if we just confess and we constantly come back to you and say, God, I'm sorry. I want to live for you. And so if we have that posture, this is what it means to be born into God's kingdom by his spirit. Because what person willingly admits that they were wrong and that they need a savior other than themselves than a person who has been affected by God's spirit. We can't do it on our own. And so it's the spirit of God. First John 5, 1 through 2 tells us this, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the father loves his children. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. And so new birth is what happens when belief leads to submission to Jesus Christ as Lord, all of life. I do get worried when I hear people who say that they're Christians, but they don't like the church. And I get it. Uh, the religious systems in this world are broken, but the bride of Christ is always beautifully broken. And if you are a person who says, I love Jesus, but I hate Christians, I, I just encourage you, check your heart. I'm not saying you're not a follower of Christ, but I think you haven't understood everything about what it means to look at life as though you were part of the family. Because, uh, you know, God's not like our earthly fathers and, or our earthly mothers, you know, but our earthly mothers and fathers even know that if two, if, if a brother and sister aren't getting along, what do they tell them to do? So you say you're sorry. 
You make up. You go, yeah, but I don't like it. I don't care. <laughs> you hug and kiss. Why? Why do I have to? Because we're... Where do we learn that from? Why do you think we carry those values? I think it's because God created us that way. Because he was preparing our hearts and our minds for a greater, a truer, and better family. Being part of the family of God. And so acceptance into God's family doesn't change the choices you make. Here's just what you need to know. Because over this next, we are going to be talking about some real tangible things. Right now, I just wanted to set kind of this, and I'm sorry if it's boring, but I wanted to set this theology of what does it mean to be part of God's family. Because over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at the characteristics of who God is and how this informs the way we look at life. And if we change the way we look at life, inevitably what happens is we start living life differently. We live life changed. And, and really, I want you to understand this first and foremost, that acceptance into God's family doesn't change the choices you make. Because you're part of the family of God doesn't automatically mean that you're going to be holy. It doesn't mean that you're going to change your behavior overnight. Okay? I know a lot of people, they, uh, when they hear about Jesus and they're like, Man, this is really good news. Like, Jesus forgives sins, and I just got to believe in him. Yeah, I believe in that. That's, that totally makes sense. And I, I feel like, but then, and here's what they always get tripped up. But, you know, Phil, I, I don't know. I don't really, I can't really, I can't go to church. I can't, I can't be a Christian. I mean, I'm still, like, in over my head with the decisions that I make. Like, and I, I don't know if I can change overnight. And I always, I always like to say, look, Who's telling you that you have to change overnight? The only thing I know is that there's an invitation to be part of God's family. And then over a lifetime, God changes you at his pace, at his will. And you just need to know that, especially if you've had some ideas about what faith is. And maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. And maybe the word for you is this. Maybe you need to be a little patient (laughs) because you grew up in church. But there's that other friend of yours who's only been a Christian for five years, and you're starting to get impatient with them. Don't they know any better? Don't they know? No, they don't. (laughs) Let God work. Let his spirit work. Your job is to continually remind them that they're part of this family, that God loves them more than anything, that there's nothing that they can do that make God love them less, that there's nothing they can do that make God love them anymore. That's your job is to be a good brother, to be a good sister, and then to lead the way and to show them the way of how they should go. And then to come alongside them and lovingly tell them, hey, this you probably shouldn't do. That's not wise. And this is a good thing that when you become part of God's family, you're not automatically, uh, there isn't this idea like this weight you have to change automatically. Because here's what happens. We would be tempted, wouldn't we, to do something to become something. If being part of God's family automatically means your behavior changed, that would be a heavy wait to bear, and many of us would be tempted to do something, change our behavior, in order so we could prove that we're part of something, God's family. But your choices will change as your knowledge of who God is and what he has done is increases. That's the truth. And I just want to remind us that, because as we go forward in this series, you're going to hear me talking about some things and some ways that that, that who God is, and, it, and it really, it'll begin, it'll feel uncomfortable for some of you. You're going to go, oh my goodness, if this is who God is, and what he's done, and this is who I am, oh my goodness, I'm not living the right way. And all of a sudden, you're going to find your worth in being able to switch the way you live. You need to understand, 
Your worth is not in the ability to switch the way you live. Your, your worth is found in Christ and his Holy Spirit is in, what you're feeling is not guilt. You just need to know that. What you're feeling is an invitation to be part of God's family. And so embrace that awkward, as we like to say. And just maybe, just maybe, God will make you into everything that he has dreamed and everything that you dreamed that you could be. So this series is about learning who God the Father is and what he has done so that we can believe the right things about ourselves as his children. And all of us have been invited to be children of God to display what God is like to the world. That's why this message is called this, to know and to show. This is the reason why we're part of God's family, to know the Father and to show what he's like. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 says this, follow God's example, therefore as dearly beloved children. And uh, in the next coming weeks, this will actually be the main text for some of our talk together. And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice from God. Sacrifice to God. Because all of us come from different backgrounds and experiences when it comes to father, father figures, and I get this, I I understand some of you grew up with a father, some of you didn't. Some of you grew up with great fathers. And everything that you are today, you know, when you talk, man, even just talking about your father wells you up because the heritage he left for you. But some of you, when you talk about your father, you cry for different reasons, and I get it. But what I need to let you know, and maybe if you've experienced uh, uh, a bad father, if you've had a bad experience, or maybe you've had no experience at all with the father figure, here's what I want you to consider as we close here. That maybe, if it's still a hang-up for you to look at God as father, maybe, uh, maybe what this song I want to share with you uh, has to say about God as Father resonates with you in a different way than someone trying to orate it from the Bible. And so I just want to share this video with you. Uh, And so if you're not a follower of Christ, I want you to consider what would it look like if this was true? And maybe if you're a believer and you love Jesus, but maybe your idea of Father is just so broken, or maybe it isn't. You've just forgotten that God is a Father. And you've approached him simply as a Lord and a master. And so you're living with guilt and shame. You don't understand that you're his child. This is for you this morning. And so would you play the video for them? Dead of night and you 
family matters. It really does. And over this series, I want to invite you to consider that God is a good, good father. And maybe today you need to, as we close, and we'll have our host come up and invite you to pray with the prayer team member. But maybe today is one of those days you need to connect with the prayer team member. Or maybe when we close and we say you may be dismissed, you need to just stay in your seat for a little bit. And maybe you need to cry out and say, Dad, God, I've missed you. Help me to understand what it means to be part of your family. Maybe you're someone who would say, I don't follow Christ, but today, for some reason, you can believe that God is a good father. And I want to invite you as I close and as I pray to pray with me. Listen, you can have God as your father without having your life, all the baggage that you carry. God's big enough. He could take care of that stuff. Jesus said, cast your cares upon me. My burden is light. And so Jesus is inviting you to be part of his family. And today you can be part of that. I want to invite you, if you've never made that decision, to do that today. And maybe for some of you, it's not that you need to make that decision for the first time. Maybe you just need to be reminded that God is a good, good father. That's who he is. Would you pray with me as I close?